Welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. As always, just a reminder to sign up for the newsletter at jasonpereira.ca. On today's show. Today on the show, we have Shuli Manser, Director of Partnerships for Become. Become is a lending aggregation company that provides a single-stop source for business owners to go to one website and potentially apply for multiple lines of business and with multiple lenders. And with that, here's my interview with Shuli. Hello, Shuli. Hey, how's it going, Jason? Great, great. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So, Shuli Mansour, Director of Partnerships at Become. Tell us about Become. Well, there's a lot to say about Become. We started out in Australia in 2016. When we first went into the business lending market, we worked with uh, one company, Capify. And very soon, we understood the pain of uh, all the customers that were coming through our platform, where they're basically, you know, trying to get business funding for their companies. And going through the bank is not always a viable option. It's not always a quick option. And more often than not, you'll get declined. And then when you go through alternative funding, there's so many funders out there, knowing who you would be able to get funding from is very difficult. You would have to fill in so many applications. And of course, your credit score takes a big punch. So basically, we came up with a way for the customers to come into our platform and just sort of make it a one-stop shop where they can fill in just one application hours. That's very um, all-encompassing. And we can let the customer know, okay, well, according to the information that we have on you and these data points, we're able to tell you that you're most likely to match with these lenders. Would you like us to pass your application onwards? The deal that we made with the lenders is if you have our application, that's good enough. Okay, you don't need your application filled in as well. Use ours. Okay, everything you ask in yours, we ask in ours. And within, I think, six or seven months, we partnered up with all the biggest lenders in Australia and pretty much took over the market in terms of a marketplace. So digitally, we're doing very well in Australia. So essentially, you were, for lack of a better term, kind of an Expedia for alternative lending. Precisely. Even more so in the United States than we are in Australia. Here... Well, we launched in the United States, I think, in towards the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made our big launch uh, here. And basically, that was a bit slower on the uptake. But where we are today is exactly what you're describing, that Expedia for business loans. The data points that we collect are more encompassing. They go deeper into the customer's uh, credit history, bank data. We created a way to connect with all the secretary of states across the nation in order to pull data from there as well. So when a customer comes into it becomes platform, it's pretty much underwriting before underwriting. Excellent. So essentially, uh, well, so there's a couple of things to unpack there. So let's go back to the entire Expedia for lending. So for those who don't realize, most of the more popular travel sites these days, what they do is they don't necessarily, basically they aggregate pricing from all around the entire industry. In addition to that, they'll often aggregate from other sites also offering those tickets. So basically they're rolling it all up into one experience so you don't have to go shopping around multiple places. So this, to my knowledge, I had never seen this done with lending before to the scale that you guys have done it. I've seen you know various loans of various companies listed, but you guys seem to have gotten across several lines of business. Speak to, can you speak to that? I mean, I'm counting like almost a dozen on your website here. So yeah, we're partnered up with, I think, about 20 different lenders and two micro lenders. And basically the main difference between these two is one will work with young businesses and startups and the others 
uh, most likely won't. And basically, once the customer comes into our platform, connects their bank account, notification, and everything, we're kind of listing his options from top to bottom with you know the loans that we know are most attractive to least attractive. From the get-go, we're not going, if he has like three or four very good options, we're not even going to send his application off to lenders who are going to give him less good options. Yeah. So, but I mean, you're looking at not just that, you're looking at various types of loans. I mean, I see here you got everything from asset-backed loans to commercial vehicle loans to startup loans to lines of credit. So you guys really have kind of run the table on the different types of credit facilities that are available. So exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as, as a, this has been, this has come up more than once on this show, but as a small business owner trying to get lending from a major, from a major bank, there are a few experiences more painful in finance than that. And uh, as you said, more often the answer is, is no. And it's nuts because I mean, I'm sure you're going to speak to this, but a lot of traditional banking is designed, the risk models are designed around what we'll call old world type businesses. So bricks and mortar, uh, heavy equipment, stuff like that, that they can actually secure against. Whereas the world is ever more services-based and knowledge-based. So there's a real mismatch between what banks are looking for, or at least think they're looking for, and what's available in the marketplace. And that's where the alternative lenders have come into this space. Can you speak to the profile of what kind of businesses you're attracting as borrowers at this point? Is there kind of any kind of homogeneity to that, or is there a lot of a very diverse set? It's very amorphic. You know, a lot of the times the customers don't even know what they're going for okay they just know that they need funding but they don't know what type of funding they need all they know is what they wanted for and we ask those questions as well what do you need the money for when do you need it like what what's important to you do you want a loan that you can get very quickly do you want a loan you know do you want a line of credit where you know if it replenishes as you pay it back what, what is it that you're looking for once we collect that information we can narrow down exactly which loans that are available to the customer are best for him and then we'll have our um, account managers contact the customer and say, hey, you have these types of uh, loans at your disposal, and they'll get even deeper into it with him. For example, if a person you know, just needs money right now today to payroll, okay, that's very basic, very quick. It's not, you don't need some huge, crazy amount. You just need to make payroll for these next two weeks. So they can take a short-term loan. They can pay back over three months, and we'll provide that for them. Excellent. So you, know, you talked about the risk scoring. So you guys are doing all the underwriting yourself. So how robust are your risk models at this point? I've seen evidence I that- wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we're doing underwriting, okay? Underwriting is a very general term. Every yeah. single company that we work with has their own credit model, has their own box. They underwrite. What mm -hmm. we're doing is just kind of a screening. But you, I mean, to do so, I would take it, you'd have to understand what their risk models look like, what their underwriting looks like, right? Of so course, of course, of course. Basically directing opportunities based on what they find important. Now, are they communicating that, their underwriting models to you in advance, or, you, or is there some degree of trial and error to figure out exactly what they will take and won't take or are looking for? It's a combination. It is definitely a combination. One thing that's very prominent about Become, and I've been at Become for the past five years, we're very, very, very analytical, okay? We will get into the most obscure of details and create a filter for it. I don't think any other marketplace or, or platform like ours has as many filters or creates as many filters or will customize filters the way we do for our lenders. Now, every lender's underwriting model, that's their business, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not something that, you know, a, a lender will happily share. For them, that's, that's their underwriting model. That is their success. This is how they're making money. They'll give us their minimum criteria. Mm -hmm. Over time, 
we will take that minimum criteria and figure out exactly what is their sweet spot with that minimum criteria. For example, a lender may come to me and say, set my minimum criteria to 600 FICO, one year in business, and uh, no more than three NSFs, and so on and so on. But if I send him a lead that meets only those minimums, then that customer is never going to get approved because he only meets minimums. So I have to figure out a way with my team and with the lender to take that minimum criteria and tweak it in such a way so that it works in a combination of factors. So if the customer does have a 600 FICO score, well, then he cannot be one year in business. As I see from our history together, he needs to be two years in business in order to get funded. And that's just something basic. So we'll tailor that criteria to each lender. I mean, this has got to be an ever evolving issue for you guys, because I mean, some of the data points I've seen garnered by some of the alternative lenders out there, everything from scraping the internet for whatever they can find about the company or the person, right down to understanding almost you know social media behavior, depending on how far they want to go to the rabbit hole. This is, I'm wondering just how extensive, how many data points are you guys taking in order to basically try to map over their risk models? I can't count them anymore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, it used to be, you know, I'd be like, oh, we're, you know, 10 data sources, you know, and now it's like, I don't know, like 50 something. It's really vast. It's really vast. And also we won't collect the same amount of information on each customer. If a customer shows that he's uh, looking to be qualified for very top tier lenders, then we'll collect even more information, okay? We'll go and we'll get his tax returns. We'll scrape those. We'll get into the nitty gritty according to how much nitty gritty needs to happen. So yeah, in that, in that sense, we're very agile. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, like I said, an ever-evolving ever issue. So you're getting a, you're kind of, it's in a lot of ways, I mean... Not, they have, it's not an issue, it's a, it's a solution. <laughs> Excellent. So and it's an ever-evolving model. So I mean, you may not be risk-scoring yeah. yourself, you're getting a pretty good understanding of which ones, you know, are, are how they're going to score these things. So Listen, we take it to the other end as well. If the customer comes to our platform and he doesn't qualify for anything, we're not just going to give him that screen of like, too bad, so sad, you know, try again later. We're going to take him to our lending score dashboard and we're going to show him this is you, okay? This is why you have no offers. And sometimes it's something so basic. He's 11 months in business. Hey, you're 11 months in business. Next month, you will have these three offers. Reoffers, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's amazing because those little thresholds. You're adding in the little, the softer touch, almost the things that you know you're giving the advice. You're actually providing advice based on thresholds that are met. So I'm curious, is that just like a time-based factor, or are there things where you can come back to everything, everything, everything? We'll show him in your bank data history. You had four NSFs. If you stay clean for the next two weeks, you'll have an average of two, and then you'll qualify for two more offers. Your credit score is currently this. Go to Credit Karma, take out a do, you know, do some credit repair, and you'll be able to get these more offers, and so on and so on. Each one of those data sources that we're checking on that customer, for us, we see that as action items for the customer should he not qualify. Or sometimes it's just a matter of seeing who he matched with that day. He may have had 10 matches, but none of those matches are good for him. You know, he doesn't want those. The interest rate is too high. So we'll tell him, listen, if it's not urgent, you know, if you don't need the money yesterday, then just work on these two things and you'll be able to get a much better offer. So take me through the full customer experience. I go on your site, maybe I'm looking for one form of debt. I click on the, let's see, I'm just going to do it right now. Get funding offers. 
boom, I'm choosing a loan amount and I go through it. So tell me through what the, what, what the entire experience that the customer who goes to your website can experience, can expect start to finish. So yeah, basically the second the customer sees our super awesome um, marketing strategies on Facebook or Instagram, they'll click in. And the first page that they'll land on is choose a loan amount. How much do you need to borrow? After that, they'll just, you know, put in their time in business, what they think their monthly revenue is, what they think their credit score is. And then after that, they're asked to leave their details. Very basic, very quick. We just want to know where you're at. Okay. Once they leave their details, that's when the application really begins. And we always start off with urgency. Okay. What is your pain? Okay. Tell me exactly what you need. And we'll ask them how soon they need the funds, what they want to use the funds for. Uh, what is their main uh, preference? Are they looking for a short-term loan? Are they looking for the lowest rate? What is it that they want? After that, we get uh, more granular into their business. Okay, we'll ask how many employees, if they're B2B, B2C. Uh, we'll verify ownership. If they you know, select that they're under 50% owners, and the very next question is, okay, so who are the other owners? And then they'll have to verify those owners as well. They'll select their industry. They'll put in their business address. If that matches their home address that we later ask them to put, we'll ask them, okay, so are you home base? And they'll click yes or no. After that, we'll pull information from the SOS in the state that they're in. And then we'll show that to the client. Hey, this is what it looks like to us that your business is on the SOS website. Can you confirm that? And they will, or they won't. And if they don't, then we'll give them a list. Which one is you? So we make it very easy for them to provide us that information. After that, uh, we'll ask for their date of birth, their social, tax ID, and permission to do a soft credit check and pass the application on to the lenders who are going to be taking a look at their uh, application. Okay? Immediately after, we'll ask them to connect their bank account. We're using a company called Plaid. They actually recently uh, got acquired by Visa, which is really cool. We started Plaid before it was cool. And all of our lenders just didn't want to do it. And it took a lot of convincing on our end to get our lenders used to Plaid, use Plaid, Plaid's great, do Plaid. I feel like a secret agent for Plaid right now. <laughs> but uh, we don't need yeah. any help. It's sold out for enough. <laughs> so yeah, we're very uh, strong believers of uh, Plaid. Um, so after they link their bank account, we're doing that full uh, assessment of their bank data 90 days back. And we'll use all of that information to fill out the rest of their application. At that point, they're already getting to the offers page. Okay. Now some lenders will come back to us with, their pre-approval offers. Here's your pre-approval, continue the application, you know, move forward and we'll get you a full approval. Other lenders, they'll prefer to take some time, look over the application, they'll get back to us in 20, 30 minutes. That's where our account managers come in just to let the customer know on the phone, email, whatever um, medium is most comfortable for the customer that they have more offers. So at the end of the day, they go one, again, like you said, one-stop shop, you go in, fill out one set of applications, so one application, you aggregate all that data, tell them where to go, you then, probably you collect your distribution fee on the back end. And do you do anything beyond the sales? Is there any kind of uh, after lending support that happens? Or is it just the relationship is placing them and then you move on? Our customers have such a strong relationship with our account managers. I don't know if you, uh, you know, took uh, some time to check out our reviews, but we have really, really amazing reviews. Like the relationship between our account managers and our customers I haven't seen anywhere else. They're very, you know, open with each other. 
Our account managers are very happy to help before the, the funding process, during the funding process, and even after, you know, sometimes we'll get a message from a customer a couple months later, like, hey, I'm having trouble, you know, making my payment this month. Can you talk to the lender, you know? And we'll do that. And we'll do that. And we'll let the lender know and uh, we'll work something out. Excellent. So, I mean, a lot of ways they're like, there's no perfect corollary for it, but they're like an independent mortgage broker, but working in continuous time on multiple sets of, of debt. So fantastic. Yeah, was, it's he, more he, like uh, just extremely good customer service. Yeah. And you jumped ahead on me. One of my classic questions is tell me about the reception you got from customers and clearly that's very positive. So tell me, tell me instead though, about the reception you got from lenders when they were first approached with this concept. Was there any pushback? Were there wait and see people? What happened there? One of the things that I like about working for Become, as opposed to other places that I've worked in, you know, we're like a business model and sometimes we win when they lose or they win when we lose or somebody has to lose. At Become, the philosophy is very much triple win. Everyone has to win. Customer wins, we win, and our lenders win. Our lenders win because we're giving them a customer that's not only very open to their offer, but is very likely to be approved for their offer. So a lot of the work on their end is already, you know, it doesn't need to happen. Okay? We do most of the heavy lifting. So they're very happy with our model. Here and there, we get pushback because the way that we have it set up is that we're tailoring processes. This isn't, we're not trying to force our customers to all align to the same process because every business is different. Every, you know, there's, there's very small businesses where it's just, you know, just one guy in a shop. And, you know, there are larger businesses where it's a firm of 20 people, bigger businesses, you know, 200 people. Each one of these entities has very, very different needs and different ways of working and different qualifications. So one of the things that we're getting across to our lenders is depending on your product, your sweet spot and your, and your model, we're going to send you these types of customers, but you need to work with them in this way. And sometimes there is some pushback, but we're able to work past that and you know create a relationship where the lender truly feels like he's gaining from this partnership much more than he's putting in. Good. So generally, you found a win-win-win scenario and uh, essentially made it easier, more user-friendly, and provided a layer of service while aggregating all the content in one place. So you've really done a lot to kind of build out the offering, not just from the initial concept, but beyond that. So before we wrap up, there's three questions I ask everybody. First one is, you have one wish for something you can change in your industry or in your company. What would it be? I wish you had gotten to me with that question before, so I could have thought about it more. Better surprise people. <laughs> <laughs> what would I change in the industry? I think I would want there to be uh, more transparency. At the end of the day, the become company value is be helpful, you know, be transparent, get your client through the hoops. If we had more transparency in this industry as to why customers are being declined and what they need to do in order to be approved, I think it would be a lot healthier for all the small and medium business owners. Well, understanding how lenders see them would only basically help them better prepare for that and better actually market themselves to uh, lenders. So yeah, I, I see the point of that. Uh, and also from, you know, evolution to evolve as a business, you know, if you know where you're lacking, then you can work on that and become better than you were yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Second question for you. What has been the biggest challenge in getting the company to where it is today? I would think market share. In Australia, we took over <laughs> like in seven months. Like literally it just took over. 
And here we're just a drop in you know the vast ocean of think about it. There are more people in Texas than all of Australia. So Canada, trust me, I'm all aware of, of <laughs> coming into the US market. Yeah, it's very difficult to get a, a decent amount of uh, market share and working, you know, with like uh, Facebook and, and 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 you know different uh, marketing platforms here. It can get quite expensive once you know you go up into higher volumes of uh, acquisition. And like I said, our lenders are very, very happy to work with us because the customers that we send are very highly qualified, very highly interested. It's for them, it's an it's it's an easy customer. They would just like to see much more of those easy customers. <laughs> oh. So last question is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on gets you out of bed every morning to keep doing what you're doing? I think my main drive is just to make an impact. As long as I feel like I'm achieving something, as long as I can, you know, finish my day every day and have some type of success, small or large, to be proud of, then I'm truly happy. Well, I mean, you're helping finance lives of countless entrepreneurs and their employees. So I would always here to say that you are having an impact and uh, help you guys keep it up. Yeah. Excellent. That sounds more convincing now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's not like the question that I ask myself every morning is not, you know, like, oh, overall, general, this is what I'm doing. This is my impact. It's what am I doing today in order to make that impact? That's what gets me out of the morning. Like, what am I doing today? Like, my main, I guess, philosophy in life is wake up every day and grab it by the horns and, you know, make it yours. So... Yeah, I'm coming with a lot of enthusiasm and uh, energy to this job. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time, and uh, thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure uh, you're going to get many business after this, so hopefully this, uh, this helps you a little bit with market share. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. So that was my interview with Shirley Manser. I hope you enjoyed that, and if you're a business owner who's ever been through the pain of applying for any form of credit with a bank, I think you'll find his model very appealing. So if you are in a position where you need that and you are in the US or Australia, I highly suggest that you take the time to check them out. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care. I'm Jason Ferrer. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.